Hey there! Welcome to Well Dukes. This podcast is brought to you by UREC Health Promotion. Tune in every other Wednesday for conversations that we hope challenge what you know, think, or do in regard to your own health and wellness and helps you be Well Dukes. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Well Dukes podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Shutt, and today we are joined by a very special guest. Sonia, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks, Lauren. Hi, everyone. My name is Cheyenne Dulamis, and I am the Assistant Director for Substance Misuse Prevention here at JMU, and I'm very excited to be here with all of you today. So today we are going to be talking about edibles. So at number one, we're going to get started with what are edibles? Great question. So I'm just going to start off by sharing a little bit broader before we actually get down to edibles. Um, When we start, when we talk about cannabis, we use the term cannabis as an umbrella term here at JMU. We use it to refer to any product that comes from either the cannabis sativa or cannabis indica plants. These plants are known to contain the mind-altering chemical THC and other similar compounds. And so edibles fall under the umbrella term cannabis. When we actually ask for a description of edibles, it is pretty simple. It comes down to just simply being marijuana-infused foods and beverages. So when we're talking and kind of diving a little bit deeper into edibles, um, there's this fact that not all edibles are made the same. So could you kind of explain at number two what that means? Yeah, so not all edibles are made the same. And that's something that makes cannabis itself very unique. When we talk about substances, sometimes people like to think you have alcohol or cannabis. And when we hear, when we talk about alcohol education, we hear all that. We have a lot more facts and that we know what standard serving sizes are. We know the differences between liquor and alcohol and wine, um, even some of your specialty beers, like we know all of those, those ABVs and how they all differ. With cannabis, though, not all edibles are made the same and the THC levels in cannabis can vary quite a bit. One thing I do also want to point out is that in general, the THC levels in today's products are actually much higher than they were historically So it's not even fair to try to compare products that are on the market or that are out there today compared to even what was out like a few years ago. It's really important that you read the label when possible just to know what you're consuming, um, understanding what product is being consumed, whether it's a beverage versus uh, edible they have to choose, so like a gummy or a brownie, um, knowing how much THC is actually in that product. That's one of the things that makes edibles probably or cannabis in general just a little tricky is that there's no um, standard serving size in the cannabis industry. The edible industry has come out and said that industry standard is 10 milligrams. That being said, experts actually suggest starting off at a much lower amount uh, and also being aware that some edibles can contain as much as like 200 milligrams of THC in them. So definitely read the labels, know that it's okay and actually recommended to break that up and not try to consume the whole product at once. Um, It's also important to remember that it's a lot easier to consume more of a substance than it is to expel what's already in the body. So actually take that moment to see how it's impacting you, understanding that 
depending on even the day, like somebody may use cannabis and they may have had that product before, but depending on that day and everything else that's going on in their day to day, it could impact them differently and they could have a different effect than what they expected or what they once thought they had. The last thing to remember with cannabis in general, but again, specifically edibles, really just start off at a low amount. Um, go slow, take that time. Like, don't feel like you need to rush to get this feeling. It could take several hours for someone to actually feel the impact um, and the effects of the edible on the body. Um, I just want to briefly touch base on the beverage industry, knowing that that is something that is kind of picking up. Um, so traditionally, I think I mentioned this earlier, but we talked about edibles as being something that we thought you chew. So like a brownie, a gummy, something in that way, shape or form. But there are beverages that are coming out there. They're cannabis infused. They do have THC in them. So again, when possible, actually reading the label um, and just being aware of what the THC milligram content is in there. They can vary from drink to drink too. So being aware of what you're consuming again and knowing that just because you had a drink from one company and you were okay with it, um, you may need to drink less of a beverage from another company. Just again, knowing and making sure that you're actually reading those labels when possible. Absolutely. So when we were kind of talking about how not all edibles are made the same, um, what you started to hint on and started to talk about was that there are fast acting edibles. So at number three, could you give us an idea of what fast acting edibles are? Yeah. So fast acting edibles, this is something that is newer to the market. It has been around for a few years, but is definitely picking up in popularity. So the industry is quickly evolving Fast-acting edibles can actually take effect in as little as 10 to 15 minutes, depending, again, on the individual and the type of edible that is consumed. Um, the industry did recognize that people had talked about edibles taking a longer time to take effect or to feel the impacts. And so individuals who consume fast-acting edibles, the effect can take place about as quickly as it would if someone were to smoke um, marijuana. So... Um, it doesn't take that several hours. That being said, it's important, again, to read that label. I can't emphasize this enough, but make sure that you're reading that label, understanding how much THC is there. Also understanding that this is a ballpark estimate of 10 to 15 minutes. So again, depending on the individual, depending on any underlying medical conditions, their genetics, just biology, that could all come into effect to alter how quickly or how slowly the effects actually take place. So just because it says 10 to 15 minutes doesn't mean that like in 15 minutes, if you don't feel anything, that that edible didn't work. It may just take a little longer depending on the individual. So a big point that you touched on with fast acting edibles is that effects can vary greatly and that that is not just the case for fast acting. So at number four, could you give us an idea of how effects can vary greatly and maybe a little bit about why as well. Yeah. So the effects can vary greatly for everyone. I think that's one of the messages that we really want to drive home. They can vary from individual to individual. They can even vary um, in the same person from day to day, or if they're traveling, they're in a new location. So different state, different country, like all that can come into 
play when someone's thinking about how a substance is going to affect their body or impact their body. Um, it really does depend on the person consuming the substance. And there's a lot of different factors that come into play there, like an individual's genetics, their biology. Are they currently on other medication? Are they under a lot of stress? All of that. One of the things that we talk about with substances is just your biology plus your choices equals the outcome. And so understanding that that biology piece really can't be altered is huge. And just being cognizant of that. And that's a good baseline to understand how a substance in general, but in this case, edibles could impact you as an individual. Um, that being said, you may run into people or you may be listening to this and think, I have always had a positive experience with um, cannabis products and, and that's okay. But also recognizing that your neighbor may tell you, Hey, I have not had that positive experience and under like validating that it's okay. They don't have to have the same positive experience that you may have. Um, really understanding that if someone has that negative experience, respect them and don't pressure them to try to try that substance again. Um, knowing that no two people are alike, we talk about this a lot, but we're each unique individuals. Again, that biology piece, it varies greatly. Like Lauren, it varies even between you and me. So um, understanding that is huge. There are a lot of different factors that could come into play too, that things like the type of consumption. So in this case with edibles, is it fast acting? Is it a beverage? Is it a brownie? Is it a gummy? Um, understanding the THC level. So again, definitely paying attention to the labels when possible. Our individual metabolism and biology, we've talked about that quite a bit, but then even our personal and familial history of substance misuse problems, just being aware of that can also impact the effect that the substance may have on the body and it may influence an individual's choices. These are just a few reasons. I do want to make that very clear. So this, there are a lot of other reasons that could come into play as to why the effects could vary greatly from person to person or even between one day and the next. Um, it really, knowing this and being conscious of that is really important for us and why it's impossible to determine what is safe for individuals to choose to consume. So again, like we don't have an actual threshold or a level to be like X person can consume X amount of edibles and still be safe. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Which kind of is a perfect segue into our last subject at number five is protective strategies. So could you go into protective strategies and um, how we can consume safer if we so choose? Yeah. So protective strategies, you may hear this term used quite a bit. You may also hear lower risk. Um, we can't, or safer, as Lauren said, we can't say that this is completely low risk. Um, it's not, it's lower. And so with these protective strategies, the first big one that I'm going to talk about is not mixing substances. So this applies to all substances, like it applies to alcohol, it applies to cannabis. Today we're here talking about edibles, which do fall under cannabis. But the big piece is just stick to one substance at a time. Um, this is really important for a variety of different reasons, but mixing substances could have negative impacts on the human body or unwanted impacts on the human body, and no one wants to feel that. Um, 
I will say, especially if you're eating something, it may seem pretty, pretty easy to be like, okay, I'm going to have a brownie or a gummy, but I'm also going to be drinking an alcoholic beverage at the same time. Just be mindful of that and maybe choose to drink water um, or have another non-alcoholic beverage. So that way you aren't mixing substances. The second tip is to have a sober driver of choosing to use a substance. And so I think it's really important to have a game plan in general, just kind of understand um, how, do you, how are you going to get home? Who's going to be in charge of um, being the sober driver, being the designated driver? If you don't have one of those, who's going to be in charge of getting the Uber or getting a, way, a safe way home? So it's really important to never get behind the wheel of a car. And actually recently we've also begun sharing, it's really important not to hop on a bird scooter either. Injuries can occur on those as well. Um, knowing what you're consuming is also equally as important. So for example, is the edible that's being consumed fast acting or not? Where did you get the edible? Do you know the source? That all comes into play in making sure that um, the, the risks or the choices are lower risk. Also, please keep these things out of the reach of children or pets. So when we think about the edible industry, they can be packaged in really elaborate, um, eye-catching packages. And so little kids or pets, I mean, pets get into things whether you want them to or not, let's be honest. But if consumed, it can cause harm to both to both children and pets. Um, even if it was completely involuntary, that's just not something people want to deal with. And so making sure that that is kept away from, from their reach so that, that way they can't get in there. The last protective strategy that I want to talk about is just remembering and knowing the laws of the state or and or country that you're in. So cannabis is not recreationally legal everywhere. There are still states in the United States that do not have it recreationally legal. There are places abroad in different countries where cannabis is not recreationally legal. So if traveling, just be mindful of that, be cognizant of the laws and, and be respectful. You are visiting and you're a visitor in that state or that country. So just be respectful of that as well. I also want to offer a few resources that I think the protective strategies kind of ties into or segues nicely with. So a few reminders. One, cannabis is still prohibited on JMU's campus regardless of age, as cannabis is still federally illegal and we do comply with the federal drug laws. So that's just a friendly reminder. But I also want to put out a shameless plug for wellness coaching. So we've talked quite a bit about cannabis and just about edibles today. If you or anyone you know wants to have a deeper conversation or wants to further look into the role that cannabis or any substance really plays in your life, wellness coaching here at UREC is a great option. One thing that a lot of people don't realize is that it really is non-judgmental. We're not here to give you a lecture. Um, it comes at no additional cost to the participant, and it is confidential. So you can make an appointment at UREC Register. You can meet with Paige Hawkins. She is our substance misuse prevention specialist and our primary wellness coach, and she's just an awesome person to talk to and have those conversations with. So along with those resources we have here at UREC, we also have a few other resources that are on campus. Could you give us an idea of what those look like as well? Yeah, so we have 
talked with students before that have expressed using cannabis products or any substance for that matter as a way to cope with mental wellness. So anxiety, stress, depression, just to name a few. If someone, if you or someone you know is using a substance, but you really feel like they're using it to cope um, with something else, the Counseling Center on campus is a great resource They have trained professionals. They are there to help you. Everyone here as a student has access to TimelyMD as well. And so that is the app that people had been encouraged to download at the beginning of the school year. Again, it's another great resource. And so we really want people to feel comfortable using the resources that we have here on campus. I'll also share if you are listening to this and you think that maybe you have a friend who might benefit from one of these resources, you could be a great starting point in helping to connect them with that. I will say Paige in wellness coaching sessions can also meet with individuals who are just wondering how to have that conversation with their friend or roommate or peer, whoever it may be, um, and just figure out how to navigate that conversation if you feel like they are really beginning to misuse that substance and you are concerned about that. Absolutely. Thank you for all those resources. We're going to close out there. We want to just thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast and also remind everybody to follow JMU UREC on all our social media platforms. That's how you can stay up to date on all things Well Dukes and all things UREC. And as always, be well, Dukes. (music) 